Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Kong Hee. You heard what I said a moment ago when I was closing the worship segment. I said that it's good to know that God is a wonderful God, that God is good all the time, all the time He is good. I love God. We love Him because He's so holy. We love Him because He's so good to us in His character, in His nature. But you know what? I love Him even more when I know that He's powerful and that He has come and He sent His Son to meet our needs, to save us, to heal us, provide for us, deliver us, and turn our whole life around. Now, we can't separate God's character and goodness and promises from His power. Everybody say power. power. Say power with power. Say power. Everything about life in God's kingdom is about power. It's built on power. In fact, we are redeemed into a kingdom of power. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, it says, The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So it's great to come together every week to have services, and you hear a lot of words. Words going on all the time from the stage, in our worship, in our prayer, in our preaching, in our announcement. But the kingdom of God is more than just words. It comes with power. In fact, the kingdom of God is synonymous to the power of God. Now, our sonship as children of God, how many of you are believers here tonight and you're so happy and proud about it and you're grateful to Jesus? If you are a child of God, lift up both hands and shout a little bit. Amen. Our sonship as children of God is on the basis of power. Right? John chapter 1, verse 12, For as many as receive Him, receiving Jesus, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. In other words, we can't even be sons and daughters of God if not for the power of God. Even to them that believe on His name. So, the kingdom of God is synonymous to power. The gospel of the kingdom is founded on God's power. Matthew chapter 10, in verse 7, Jesus himself saying, so this is the Lord speaking, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's near. So what do you do? Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received. Receive what? The power. Freely you give. So it's great. We want, to, we want to be nice people. We want to be compassionate people. But compassion without action is just empty words. You, you know, a, a gospel that we present that has no power is an empty gospel. Our advancement, our progress in life is based on power. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 Paul says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. I mean, you see that? Our faith is not in the cleverness of man, the strategies of man, is in the power of God. Power. 
And the Bible here is not just talking about advancement in ministry, but advancement and progress in life. For all you students out there, your advancement in your studies. For all the working adults, your advancement in the marketplace, in your career. For those of us who are married, our advancement as families, in our work, in everything that we do, it should not just be in human wisdom of all the best advices we can get from our doctors, our lawyers, our consultants, our, uh, our, the experts, but in the power of God. Power is the ability to get things done. If you check any myriads of dictionary, secular dictionary out there, they all will tell you power is the ability to get results. To be powerless, therefore, is to be helpless. We don't want to be helpless in life. Everybody turn to your neighbor on your left and right and say, you should not be helpless. <laughs> yeah. Everybody say out loud, say, Jesus, Jesus. I desire more power in my life. <laughs> say five times louder, Jesus, Jesus, I desire more of God's power in my life. So to have our spirit empowered for victory, empowered for triumph, we need to take spiritual responsibility to increase the level of power in us. Okay? And there are different levels of power. Now, God has given us everything. He has given us the Holy Spirit in its entirety. But we need to release what He has given. We need to live out that power that He has deposited inside us. So Ezekiel 47, he saw an angel in God's temple. It says in verse 3, when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. He brought me through the waters and the water came up to my ankles. So the water was ankle deep. And then the angel measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. And this time Ezekiel saw the water came up to my knees. It was knee deep. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through and the water came up to my waist. So now the water is waist deep. Different levels, right? Ankle level, knee level, waist level. Again, he measured 1,000 and it was a river. It's no longer just water. It was a, a river that I could not cross for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. Now, you know that river in the Bible speaks of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of the Spirit of God. So we can grow from one level of anointing to the next level. So the Holy Spirit is given to us, but how much of His anointing is released in us. Is it just ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, or a torrential river that we have to swim in? So, you see over here, Bible talks about different levels. Jesus was conceived by the Spirit of God. We all know that. 
He had the Spirit of God since birth. He already had the Holy Spirit. But in John chapter 3, he was anointed with power from on high. And the Bible says in verse 34, it was without measure. The NIV said there was no limit to the measure of the anointing flowing on him, in him, through him. That is what we should aim for. That is the target that God has set for each one of our lives. Our Christianity should not only be in words, human experience and cleverness, educational qualification. It should be in a level of the anointing of God, the power of God, like Jesus, without measure. So how do we experience more God's power? How many of you want more God's power? Just wave your hands a little bit. Amen. Every power encounter starts with desperation. You just got to realize this. Every power encounter starts with desperation. This is the most basic bedrock of a power encounter. If there is no desperation, you don't even need to even think of experiencing God's power. Desperation means there must be a craving, an urgency, an intense longing, an extreme desire, extreme desire for God. We are so determined, and last week we talked about determined faith. We are so determined that it looks, Jesus says, as if we are violently pressing into the kingdom of God by force. So Jesus says, we are so desperate for God. We are pushing our way to experience God's kingdom, and His kingdom is synonymous to His power, as if we are violent people trying to touch it, take it, experience it by force. So if we want more of God's power, like many of you lift up your hands tonight, a cavalier attitude will not do. A complacent, passive attitude will not cut it. Jesus says, only those that hunger and thirst, only they shall be filled. Only those who are desperate shall be filled with the power of God. Psalm 63, we all know this. We sing about this. Oh God, you are my God, David says. Early will I seek you. That's why I love early morning prayers. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in a sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Can you see that? If we want to see God's power and God's glory, power to heal the sick, power to work the supernatural, power for supernatural wisdom. When you attend board meetings in your company, when you're stuck and you just don't know what to do, and then God supernaturally gives you the strategy Right? Just like Joshua, and he didn't know what to do standing 
at, the, at outside Jericho and the wall was so great. He meditated on the word and then he said, God, I need revelation. And God spoke to him, Joshua, and God was so specific. Go around three times. This is your strategy. You need the Levites. You need this. These are the manpower you need to employ. You need to get these people, do it this way, in this format, and then the wall will come tumbling down. God knows exactly what we need for every situation. But there must be a desperation. There must be a thirst, a panting, a longing, a craving, an urgency, an intense spiritual hunger for God's power. And then if there is such a, a, a desire, such a desperation, God will respond. Isaiah 44, he says, and I will pour water on him who is thirsty. I will. No, I may, I might, I will. It is guaranteed. But you gotta be thirsty. There gotta be the desperation. And it's not just water. I'm gonna flood it. And floods on the dry ground, I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessings on your offspring. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the water courses. So God will pour His anointing until it floods, until the blessing overflows, not just to us, but to our loved ones, to our descendants, to people all around. Until the abundance of His blessings is tangible and visible for all to see. So the point I'm trying to make here is this. It takes desperation for empowerment. It takes a genuine thirst to encounter the power of God. So in Matthew chapter 17 and in Mark chapter 9, there's a story of an epileptic boy. This boy with epilepsy. But his epilepsy is because of a very powerful demon. Now, let me say this. Not every boy that, or, or girl that has epilepsy is, is demonized. I'm not saying that. But this particular one was. And that demon threw him in fits. Now, it says here in Mark chapter 9, and verse 17, then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. So there's a demon spirit, an unclean spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his thief, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to our disciples that they should cast it out. But they could not. Now, please understand, by now, the disciples were already very experienced in deliverance ministry. They have cast out demons many, many times. Many chapters before, Jesus sent them out two by two into the villages, into the towns, into the city. Everywhere they went, they saw demons being cast out. But there are different levels of power. There are different devils for different levels. <laughs> and different devils requires different levels of power. Right? So over here, it says, that uh, the disciples couldn't cast him out. Now, the disciples by now already have been with Jesus twice in the storm. They saw Jesus the first time 
speaking to the storm, it was come. Second time, Jesus walking on the water. They saw that. They saw Jesus feeding the 5,000 men. And they saw Jesus performing signs, wonders, and miracles. And they themselves have also been moving in the power of God. So they weren't novices. They weren't beginners. They are like City Harvest Church after 27 years. You guys have gone through a lot of deliverance sessions. I mean, not just for yourself, but praying for others. You have prayed for a lot of people. You have evangelized a lot, right? So why couldn't they, the disciples, set the boy free? There are two reasons. The first reason was Jesus didn't deny the fact this was a very powerful demon. Some unclean spirits, they are the ruling forces of an entire region. This demon could very well be the, the ruler, the, the ruling spirit, the principality over the whole city. We read in the Bible there was a gathering demonic, Matthew chapter 8. He had legions of demons inside him. One Roman legion was about 5,000 soldiers. The name of this, this, this guy was a legion. So you know, he would have a few thousand demons. That's why when, when, when the demons were cast out, they ran into a herd of pigs and they ran over the cliffs. Now, when Jesus cast this, these spirits out from him, the, the main spirit was called legion. The entire area opened up for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That place, the, the Gad, Gadara, is known as the Decapolis. That means the, the region of 10 cities. 10 cities immediately opened up when one man had demons cast out of him because the main unclean spirit, the main demon, was dwelling in him. Now, you see this in the Bible. The demon possessed fortune teller of Philippi. The girl, right? A very powerful demon on the inside. And the people around, they didn't know what to do. But remember in Acts 16, Paul cast out this demon and the whole city went into a turmoil. Paul and Silas ended up being cast into prison, miraculously set free, and the great Philippian church was birthed. One demon got cast out and the church was born, the famous church of Philippi. See, inside that girl was the ruling spirit of the whole city. In 1950, Lester Samuel ministered to this girl. I shared this with you years ago, Clarita Villanueva in the Philippines. She was called the demon girl, the Dracula girl of Manila. She was possessed by two monster demons that tormented her night and day, would rape her, scratch her. She'll wake up with scratch marks all over her. And she would be screaming every night. And people didn't know what to do. No doctor or psychiatrist could cure her. But when Brother Samrao went to visit her, the demon manifested. He cast it out. The whole deliverance was so dramatic and public, even the Singapore press reported it. It was in the Singapore press. Singapore Free Press, May 23rd, 1953. A priest battled devils to save girls. 
when the demonic strong man was gone, immediately Philippines became open to the gospel. Until 1953, Manila did not have one Protestant church. No permit was allowed, was given. This demon girl got set free. They, the permit was given for the first time. They built the first Protestant church. And in six weeks, 150,000 people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. Come on, let's give God a big hand. Oh, you want to clap? Let's give the Lord a big clap. This became known as the miracle that changed a nation, nation of the Philippines. It must probably be the same here with this boy with epilepsy. The disciples couldn't cast it out. It was a powerful, powerful demon. Now, the power of the demon that was tormenting the boy was so scary. It gripped all the hearts of the disciples with fear. They became afraid. The boy was gnashing his teeth. The boy was being thrown left and right. Nobody was touching the boy. He was flying from one place to another place in the fire, in the water. And I can imagine, probably five, ten men couldn't hold down the boy. So, with fear, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but they allowed fear to grip their hearts. They started doubting. And then they started unbelieving. Unbelief set in, which canceled out the faith they needed to set the boy free. So look at verse 19. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move from here to there. It will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So we must always believe. Only believe. Turn to your neighbors in front behind you this time. Say, only believe. Now, notwithstanding all these challenges, notwithstanding the fact that they were fearful, their unbelief, Jesus was trying to say something. That this demon was unlike other demons. That a greater demon required a greater power to overcome. So Jesus says, however, notwithstanding all these challenges that you guys had doubt, had unbelief, you're so easily scared. He said, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. You see that? In other words, even if you didn't have unbelief, this kind of demon will not go out unless you prayed and fasted. That means immediately Jesus gave us a most important key to build up faith for great power. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, Verse 21, when a strong man, that is Satan the devil, fully armed, guards his house, his possessions are secure. That's why if you have done deliverance, sometimes you see people that are demon-possessed, the devil's hold on them are so tight, so tight. Sometimes it feels like it's an absolute hole. It says in verse 22, but when someone stronger attacks, and there's always someone stronger, and we always say this, Devil may be strong, but Jesus is infinitely stronger. Yeah, hallelujah. Let's give God a big hand. Amen. Go ahead and praise God. 
But when someone stronger attacks, so Jesus and us, we must attack all this demonic stronghold. We are His hands. We are His feet. We are the body of Christ, right? So when someone stronger attacks and overpowers Him, He takes away the armor on which the man relied and He divides up His plunder. So prayer and fasting makes us stronger and overpowering over the enemy. It makes us stronger and overpowering. You will overwhelm the demonic powers. I share with you on numerous occasions, A. Allen was known as the miracle man, right? And I shared some of his miracles with you. The boy with 26 diseases, totally healed. You know, born, with, born blind on one eye, deaf, mute, and crippled in all four limbs and at club feet. Never talked or walked before in all his life. But he was totally healed by the power of God of all 26 diseases. He, I mean, club feet with no proper, uh, you know, toes and all that. In his meeting, God did a creative miracle. And he was able to walk. Shouted mama, ran to the mother, and was medically certified to be cured by secular medical doctors. Cured of 26 major diseases. I mean, A. Allen. I share with you the man with the missing toe. Grew out a new toe while he was driving in the car listening to Allen's broadcast. And this man, just weeks before, had three ribs, right collarbone, and a right lung removed by surgery from his body. Heard Alan A. Allen's broadcast. His, his missing toe on the left foot grew out. He went to the doctors to do a checkup and found that the three missing ribs, the right missing collarbone, and the missing right lung was replaced creatively by God. So he was made totally whole. Now, what was the key for such great power? Fasting, prayer, and fasting. A. Allen said, I have to deny my fleshly desires with regular fasting. When we fast, Jesus says, certain kind of miracles will not happen unless you pray and you fast. Key to A. Allen's miracles Fasting. John Sung, the greatest evangelist in Asia, he would wake up every morning at 5 a.m. to pray for two hours, for three hours. And one person said this. He said, John Sung, he talked least, preached more, and prayed the most. Isn't that wonderful? We should talk least, preach more, but pray the most. And he fasted regularly. That's why he's so powerful. He was so powerful. In every crusade, John Sung would designate one night to pray for the sick. And people would bring hundreds of sick people. And it was said that in most of his meetings, at least 500 and above sick people were healed. In fact, you can go back and check at Wikipedia on John Sung. There was a report in Wikipedia that when he walked into the service, People that were sick by the door, the moment he walked in, instantly they got healed. Instantly. You know, what's the key to his power? Fasting. Prayer 
and fasting. Or Roberts was one of the greatest preachers of the previous generation. He has died. For many years, our SOT, our School of Theology, had a very close affiliation with ORU, or Roberts University, the, a, a school institution named after him. Thousands will get healed in these 10 meetings in the 1950s, in the 1960s. I want you to see this very old film footage of R. Roberts praying and look at how relaxed he was. I mean, he was just full of faith. The gift of faith was upon him. Two sisters, one with amnesia from a car accident and a second sister born with cross eye. And how he ministered to them. And then there was a boy in crutches that was born with polio. And let's look at the healing miracles. This is 1950s. Let's watch this right now. Mrs. Feeney. This is Patty. Yes, sir. The card says she was in a car wreck eight weeks ago. She cannot remember the past. A deterioration of the jawbone that dislocates when the mouth opens. Is that correct? She has a drawing. Has a drawing. Continuously from that jaw through the neck. Oh, Mrs. Feeney, has nothing that you have done uh, restored her? Evidently not. Yes, sir. We've had her to psychiatrists, and uh, the last thing now is they're going to commit her to an institution unless... Unless God heals her. Now, people, if we've ever prayed for anyone who needs help, this is it. Now, let's pray and believe God, pastors. Brother Dewey's touch me as a point of contact. Audience, touch the chair as a point of contact in front of you. Father, in the name of Christ, restore and heal Patty Sini. Heal! Restore! May it never return. May she be free forever in the name of Christ. Amen. Patty, something good happened to you then? Yes. Yes. How do you feel, Patty? I feel great. You feel great. Do you believe God? Yes, sir. Do you think he has restored you? Yes, sir. How old are you? Sixteen. What's your mother's name? Feeney. Where were you born? Jackson, Mississippi. What's your father's name? Eugene Feeney. What school are you going to? Pearl. Where? Pearl. 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 What grade are you in? I'll be a junior next year. Do you feel that God has restored you from this accident? Yes, sir. He will not worry you now and torment you. No, sir. How do you feel? I feel wonderful. Wonderful. Mrs. Feeney, the tears are just beautiful streaming down your cheeks. You believed this, didn't you? Yes, sir. What gave you the faith to come here? Well... Uh, my mother and father are so strong believers, and I brought my father, and Monday night, he was healed completely. Your father was healed here? Yes, sir. Patty? Ah, oh, that smile worth a million dollars. First time she smiled. First time she smiled. Well, she has a smile now, way, way, way down deep, right, Patty? You feel one now. Tell me how you feel, Patty. I feel like a better Christian than I've ever been. <laughs> You're just on top of the world, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yes. Is this your other daughter? Let me see. I have her card here. So the sister cross was eye. born with cross eye. I see that one. Thank you. Please, if you will, please. Father, 
Shield. Look at those preachers there. Look at your sister. Look at your mother. Sandy, who healed you? God. God. Patty, who healed you? God. Mrs. Feeney, who, who did this for your children? God. God. That's right. We ought to give the glory to him who deserves it. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. You've got polio from your waist down. This boy has and the polio right side and is affected the most. Now, Jesus, we ask that his little limbs be healed. And that they shall be restored, restore them tonight in the name of Christ the Lord. Oh God, loosen that little foot up and take the stiffness. Oh, it's coming now, son. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, God. Now then, Billy Ray, I want you to raise that leg up like that. Oh, you can do it! Raise this one up, son. Now raise this little leg up, son. Oh, that's wonderful tonight. It, it, it is straightening. How can you tell it's straightening? Because I could lift my leg up like that. You could lift it up. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. The boy said he has never done this before. He couldn't lift up the legs. Brother Dewey's they're going to put him down now. Honey. Oh, he wants down. Honey, walk on off, son. Walk on. Come on, let's give God a big clap. Amen. And what's the key? All Roberts is a person given to prayer and fasting. See, why is fasting so powerful? One more time. How many of you want to have a power encounter tonight? Just put up your hands, right? Why is fasting so powerful? Because prayer and fasting focuses our desperation for God. Desperation is the foundation of encountering God's power. I told you that. Desperation is also the foundation of prayer and fasting. First of all, let's be very clear about this. Without prayer, it's impossible to experience God's power. That's why Jesus teaches us every day, how should we pray? Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Jesus says, every day we must pray like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is not just in words. It's synonymous with God's power. It comes with power. To pray your kingdom come is to, is to pray, God, let your power come into my life. Let your power be encountered in my life. Jesus says, verse 13, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's, that means... Give us victory over every testing and temptation. Give us victory over Satan. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory 
forever. Amen. So again, you see that the kingdom of God is synonymous with God's power, with God's glory. So we must boldly pray. You got to boldly pray in your families, in your cell group, in every service, every prayer meeting. Boldly pray for a greater release of God's power on our lives so that we can do greater exploits. Oh, come on, go ahead and give God a big hand. Hallelujah. So if we are prayerless after 27 years, if we begin to adopt an attitude, well, been there, done that, we used to pray, we were young, and we become prayerless, the power of God will slowly fade away. You see, through prayer, we move from power, and God has given us power, to greater power. In, in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, you know that the 120 first apostles and disciples, they were gathering for a prayer meeting. In love, in unity, in one accord, they prayed, and power came from on high. And then in Acts chapter 4, tonight, Pastor Meng mentioned it, verse 31, 32, they prayed again. The whole church came together, not just to give, but prayed. And when they prayed, it was so powerful, the whole place was shaken. And the Bible says, they move into the realm of great power. From power to great power. And that's what we want to see. After 27 years, we have experienced a certain measure of power. But now God wants to take us to a greater arena of great power. That we see miracles like we've never seen before in our lives. Come on, go ahead and praise the Lord. So we must not stop praying. You've got to keep on praying. Come for your, your pre-service prayer meeting. Go for your cell group prayer meeting. When we have prayer meeting, let's pray. We stop praying, the power will dissipate. See, this revival is a result of prayer. The first generation prayed and prayed. Remember what you prayed for? God ran the heavens and come down. We prayed, God break up the fallow grounds. God sent revival. Right? We used to pray, Lord of the harvest, send us as laborers into the harvest field. And that's why today we are all around Asia, all around the world. Jesus, use us while we are yet young to serve your purpose in our generation. Those were the cries of our heart. That is why City Harvest Paradigm number five, what is that? Prayer is the key to revival and miracles. But when we mix our prayer with a season of fasting, so now I'm getting to prayer and fasting, suddenly everything accelerates. Everything intensifies. There is a spiritual acceleration. I mean, it's great to pray. And we got to pray and keep on praying. But the moment you mix it with fasting, there's an acceleration. Fasting greatly greatly, greatly focuses our spiritual longing and craving and spiritual hunger and thirst for God. Suddenly, our prayer is no longer just wishful thinking. Well, I hope I get healed. I hope my cell group will experience revival. I hope, well, in the marketplace, in the campuses, I hope. Suddenly, you move from the realm of hope to a place where you make a demand 
on the promises of God. Suddenly, our prayer is not just a cavalier request. K, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. Suddenly, we really mean business with God. When you add fasting to your prayer, suddenly we are serious. We have a holy determination. Now, we are no longer just wishing that something good will happen. We are having a determined faith. We are pressing in by force, almost to outsiders violently taking the blessings of God. We are staking our lives on God's promises. At the River Jordan, when Jesus prayed, the heaven was open. It was good. It was great. The Holy Spirit came upon him. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus was filled with the power of God. He was filled. But after 40 days and 40 nights of prayer and fasting, there was acceleration. Jesus returned in power, with power, in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. When he prayed, there was the infilling, but when he fasted, there was the release of power. This kind cannot go out except by prayer and fasting. When the early church was praying, they moved from power to great power. When they started fasting, from Acts chapter 10 onwards, they started fasting. And that's when Paul came to the scene. All of a sudden, there was an acceleration. The gospel went throughout the Roman Empire and the church began to accelerate in the purpose of God. So more and more today, people all around the world, even the non-Christians, they know the benefits of fasting. I mean, let me tell you, I have a lot of non-Christian friends who fast very regularly. In some countries, they even have fasting clubs. When I was in Japan just recently, they have fasting clubs. In every city, there are fasting club chapters. Now, they do it for health reason. They do it for medical purposes. Obviously, if you're going to have a blood test, you've got to fast, right? Or they do it simply to diet. Let me say this. If you fast, you will lose weight. If you see somebody who is fasting and not losing weight, well, I'm on a 40-day fast, so every week, you should see me getting losing weight, right? You know, funny story, right? And, and I, I heard people say, oh, I'm fasting. What are you fasting? Uh, so you're not eating and all that? Or oh, I'm having a, a Daniel fast. A Daniel fast means you fast partially. So what are you abstaining? Why, why are you fasting? It's a meat fast. And by that, it means I only eat meat. <laughs> Kevin Liu was telling me, he said that one of the leaders was fasting and during the fasting, didn't lose weight but put on weight. So he went to investigate. He said, oh, I'm fasting. Every day I only eat smoothie. But the smoothie was so thick, you put it upside down, nothing comes out. <laughs> it's like eating a full meal. So we are talking about real fasting. Turn to your neighbor and say, real fasting. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people, they are fasting and, and they realize the benefit of fasting. But the Bible reason for fasting is not really for health or for dieting. But for one thing, power. Isaiah 58, verse 6, is this not the fast that I have chosen? 
to loose the bounds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Remember what Jesus said? In some situations, the only way Satan will let go is when you pray and fast. And there's no other way around it. There's no other way around it. So sometimes, uh, no, let me say this. Something, let me rephrase that. Another thing, another thing, that's what I'm trying to say. Another thing happens when we pray and fast, especially when we fast. We step into the realm of revelation. When you, when you are fasting, all of a sudden, you become very sensitive to the Word of God. All the desperation that we are focusing on, all the craving, all the longing for God's power, for an encounter with God, all of a sudden, you un- unleash a flow of revelation. Now, look at verse 8, same chapter, talking about the fast, right? The fast is to lose the bonds of wickedness, break free from the devil, overcome Satan's power. It says in verse 8, then your light will break forth like the morning. Revelation will break forth. Verse 10, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. And we see this so powerfully in the life of Paul. Scripture says he was always fasting, fasting, fasting. He was in fasting often, right? And the result, he had an abundance of visions and revelations. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 1, verse 7. He's he's given to revelation. His number one prayer for us, Ephesians 1, is that God will release in us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. That the eyes of our understanding will be opened. That we will know the depth of our calling, the inheritance that we have in Christ, and the exceeding greatness of God's power. So when you fast, when you pray and when you fast, revelation will be released, and this is important, because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word, by the revelation. The more revelation, the more rhema we get from God, not second-hand message you hear from somebody else, but God speaking to you, the more the gift of faith begins to work and you need faith for great power. Yeah? It was after 40 days of prayer and fasting, Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole received a revelation of ministry to man. He went on a 40-day fast, and then God began to speak to him. Manhood and Christ-likeness are synonymous. By birth, you're male, by birth, by the man, by choice. That our word is our bond, right? That the five things every man struggle with, lust, idolatry, fornication, tempting Christ, murmuring. Out of these revelations, Ed Cole wrote a book, a bestseller called Maximize Manhood, and launched the manhood Christian man's movement all around the world. He became known as the father of the Christian man's movement. Revelation. Revelation. And revelation brings faith. And faith unlocks the power of God. So what should we do? What should we do? I'm on a 40-day season of fasting. This is my eighth day. How about you join me in a short season of prayer and fasting? 
Short one, short one, short one. Yeah? Why don't you join me? Now, you say, Pastor, what should I do? I'd like to join you. I, I, want, I want to experience God's power. I want to come into the greater realm of revelation. What should I do? Let me give you a three-step common sense approach. Common sense approach. God has given us common sense. Number one, don't fast for a long season if biologically and medically you cannot fast. Common sense. Right? When you become a Christian, when you come to church, I hope you didn't check out your brains in the MRT. You are sick. You're on medication. You shouldn't be fasting. You shouldn't be. You have health, health issues that make you unable to go on seasons without food. Maybe you have previous stomach operations. Dr. Cho couldn't fast more than six days. More than that, he would collapse. Because Dr. Cho, remember when he was younger, he was cured of tuberculosis miraculously, and he had, he had a stomach ailment. So he couldn't fast more than six days. That's the maximum. My wife's son, she couldn't fast more than three days. She started vomiting because she had five operations. My secretary, Cynthia, couldn't fast because of stomach problem. So first, if you got health issues, common sense, you check with your doctors. You check with your nutritionists. So try fasting one meal a day for three days. So try fasting one meal. You're going to skip lunch. You're going to skip dinner. One meal. Just one meal for three days. Or, or try taking only one meal a day for three days. So you skip one meal first. Baby step. Then you try skipping all the rest of the meal and take only one meal for three days. Just try it. Please, don't say, Pastor, yeah, I'm going I'm to try fasting. I will fast every day from 12 midnight to 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> that all of us have been fasting all our lives. <laughs> Common sense approach. Number two, gradually build up your stamina for fasting. Try fasting a full day. One full day. I promise you, if you gradually build it, you're not going to faint. Then try three days. Then try one week. Then two weeks. Then 21 days. Now, as your pastor, let me say this. Never try 40 days unless you have a clear word from God. Because I've seen a lot of people trying 40 days and they damage their body. Now, I've been fasting for the last 30 over years. I used to fast once every week. Then I would go into seasons. In fact, for the longest time, every six months, I fast 21 days. So don't do this. Don't do 40 days unless you have a clear word from God because I've seen too many people ending up in the hospital. Most people's bodies cannot handle 40-day fast. So you got to gradually build it. Number three, drink a lot of water and don't overstrain yourself unnecessarily. Look, it's common sense, right? Now, fasting doesn't mean you don't drink water. You get dehydrated. Fasting doesn't mean you don't breathe. <laughs> You're just not touching food. 
And of course, when you're fasting, you're not going to run a triathlon. When you're fasting, you're not going to go for, for a jog unnecessarily. Now, if you're fasting and you want to exercise, you've got to be very, very careful. Okay? So remember, God has given us common sense. God has given us what? Common sense. How many of you think you may, may, I'm not saying you will, but you may try in the next, I still have 32 days, you're going to join pastor for a short season of fasting. Maybe just one day, but you're going to try. You're going to have a power encounter because of prayer and fasting. How many of you say you may consider trying? Put up your hands right now. Okay, amen. If you're going to try, lift up both hands and shout a little bit. One, two, three. Okay, we try, we try, we try, we try. Okay, we try. No pressure. I'm not asking you to fill up pledge cards. Ashes, pastor, no, no. I'm not asking you to do that, okay? We're just going to try. We're just going to try. But let's believe God for a power encounter. Let's believe God that after 27 years, we go from power to great power for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's all stand out on our feet right now. I want you to pray. I want you to pray for revival. I want you to pray for acceleration. I want you to pray for the intensifying of the power of God in our lives and in our ministry. Let's just all speak in tongues right now. Let's just pray with all our hearts. I want singers and musicians to come. I tell you, the, power, the devil may be strong, but he's not stronger than Jesus. Satan is no match for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Just look at Pastor for a moment. Look at Pastor. Look at me for a moment. I was really blessed this week. I went for National Day, I, I went for a, a cell group fellowship. And there was one young man, for 30 over years, he had a hole in his heart, a hole in his heart, 30 over years. And because of that, he couldn't get any insurances because nobody is going to insure somebody with a pre-existing condition. And life was really tough. He got a hole in his heart. And it was, apparently the heart has different compartments, right? It was the worst compartment and there was no cure for him. He was in a service like this, just not too, too long, not too long ago. And I was praying, I said, those of you with heart disease, put your hands in your heart. And he got very excited. So he put his hand in his heart. I said, Jesus, I believe you can close up my hole. Now, usually you got a hole in the heart. If you are a little kid, you can't grow out of it. But this guy is 30 over years old. And so he put his hands there. The last time he checked was 2010. The hole was still there, so he couldn't get any insurance. So he put his hands on his heart and he started praying. And a few weeks later, he went for a medical checkup because he was joining a new firm. And to his surprise, the doctor said that there was no more hole in his heart. It's totally sealed. There was, in fact, wait, wait, wait. In fact, the doctor said, what are you talking about? You never have this problem. Your heart's perfect. Come on, let's give God a big hand right now. Amen. So he was able to get his insurance. I don't want you to think every week when we pray that we are just doing something religious. Today could be the day you flick that switch, the switch of faith, and your turnaround is going to happen tonight. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I want to believe God that after 27 years, we move from power to great power. That there's an acceleration, there's an intensifying, there is a focusing, that the revival we have seen so far will be nothing compared to what we're going to see in the days to come. Let's just all talk in tongues right now from the front to the back, from the left to the right. Father, 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 Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done here on earth, in our families, in our workplace, here on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is not just in words, it's not in the cleverness of human ingenuity, it's not in our intellectual prowess, but it's in the power of God, the power from on high. It's not in our strategy, it's not in our planning, but it's in our power of God, the power from on high. From power to great power. Angle knee deep, knee deep, waist deep. In rivers that we, can, we cannot we have to swim in. Oh God, Shudria la Karabaharia la Karabahara. Shudria la Karabahodia la Karabaharia. Press in, press in, press in. Press in.
is about. How many of you, you say, God, you're speaking to me tonight. I want to come into the season of prayer. I want to come to a season of fasting. I have experienced power in many arenas. I've seen demons being cast out. I've seen uh, people being healed. I've seen breakthroughs. I've seen mountains being removed. But I'm ready for a higher challenge. I'm ready to go up to the next level. I'm ready to see nations being transformed, generations being changed. I want to move from power to great power. I don't want to play games with God. I want to have a desperation. I have a desperation, a craving, a longing for the power, the glory of God. Father, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life here on earth as it is in heaven. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. How many of you tonight, you want to mean business with God? No more religious games. You say, God, I want to experience, I want to come to a higher level of a power encounter. I'm willing to go through a season of fasting. Now, serious guys, what eyes are closed is about how many of you are willing to try? You're going to, you're going to try to fast at least three days, at least three days. In the next, no, I'm going to end in 32 days. But, you, but in this season, let's, let's not say, well, next year, the following year, but in the next 32 days, you're going to fast at least three days. And you're going to believe God. You're going to go for a power encounter, a revelation encounter with God. If that's you, lift up your hands all over this room right now. Hallelujah. Father, look at all these hands rising up. Lord, you're raising up a mighty army, a spiritual army of believers that want to serve the purpose of God in our generation. Lord, we are not satisfied. We have desperation. We have a craving, a longing to see your kingdom come. Your will be done. Father, move in a great way. Father, tonight we come and we deposit our faith. We deposit by having raised our hands, having this desire to fast. Let this be a deposit of faith. And tonight I pray with this deposit, tonight I pray you release your power to heal the sick. We release your power for those that are bound by demons tonight to be set free in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Tonight, those of us that are faced with demonic oppression, tonight in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, let there be a power encounter. Let there be a release. Let there be a setting free in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to talk in tongues for a moment. Last week we prayed for a lot of sick people already So I do not want to belabor I, I do not want to make this in the religious ritual But tonight I just sense this Those of you that have heart problem Now, I want all the cell group leaders All the full-time church workers And all the uh, board members Just quickly come and form a line right now Because tonight we have given God a deposit Of our desires, our faith We're going to pray, we're going to fast I just sense tonight, heaven is open Tonight God is going to heal many of you With a hole in the heart Tonight God is going to heal you with a heart disease Those of you that hypertension Those of you, listen, with heart disease you got heart condition tonight. I want you to come to the front and come and join all these people. Those of you that heart disease, just come out right now. You could have palpitation in the heart. 
you could have i don't know something that's related to the heart you just come those of you that have fear in the heart i want you to come tonight i just sense this tonight god wants to do something with those of you in the heart you have fear you have worry in the heart come and tell all these people in the front what is the situation you have we're gonna pray in jesus name we're gonna command it to go those of you that are bound by demonic spirits you have fear in your life and you know you know there's a demonic power holding you back tonight in the mighty name of jesus if you're not sure you just come right now we're gonna pray in the mighty name of jesus tonight just come right now just come right now wherever you are just come right now those of you that are sick in your body with heart disease just come out right now in the name of jesus those of you that have an addiction a bondage right now in the mighty name of jesus you just come come in the name of jesus you got fear in any area in your life you just come right now now listen carefully those of you that have cancer cancer of any form whether it's a lung cancer stomach cancer you got uh, breast cancer you got cancer in your pancreas prostate cancer leukemia lymphoma cancer in the esophagus cancer in your nose you got a tumor in your body you don't even know is it benignant or is it benign never mind you just come right now we're gonna command that tumor to go in the mighty name of the lord jesus christ just come right now all those that have cancer oh hallelujah hallelujah cancer and lymphoma come right now come right now in the mighty name of the lord jesus come right now in the name of the lord jesus god wants to heal heart tonight god wants to heal cancer tonight those of you that have fear in any area of your life you come fear of death fear of the future fear of certain things you just come right now tonight we're going to command every demon of fear to leave in the mighty name of jesus everybody just speak in tongues right now hallelujah pastor is very specific tonight pastor is very specific tonight because god wants to set people free in the mighty name of the lord jesus christ if you got fear i just sense fear in your heart fear concerning your future your family your health your job fear in any shape form or fashion you come in the mighty name of the lord jesus that's causing cardiac problem heart disease i command you right now be loose from the people in the mighty name of jesus lord in the name of jesus we are the temple of the holy spirit 
You know how to take care of your temples. You know how to take care of our bodies. You are our creator. You are our healer. You are our maintainer. I command every heart disease to be healed right now. Incurable chronic heart disease. Go in the name of Jesus Christ. Be healed right now. Go, 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 go. In the name of Jesus. I command every cancer leave the body right now. Every form of incurable cancer, blood disorder, lymphoma, go in the name of Jesus. Everybody pray to us. Pray to us. Power of God is released tonight. Go in the name of Jesus. Everybody say this out loud. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I command every spirit of fear. I command every spirit of fear. Fear of death. Fear of death. Fear of failure. Fear of failure. Fear of the future. Fear of the future. Go in the name of Jesus. Go in the name of Jesus. Spirit of fear. Spirit of fear. Get out of the people. Get out of the people. Get out of the church. Get out of the church. I want you to bind the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. Go, 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 go in the name of Jesus. Go in the name of Jesus. Every demon spirit, every unclean spirit, I command you to go.
just talk in tongues all over this place just for a short moment Father, I just want to thank you for this amazing service. Thank you for all the wonderful brothers and sisters. Next 32 days at church. The only reason I mentioned 32 days is not because of anything, just that I got 32 more days to fast. But Lord, for the next 32 days, I pray for a power encounter, the likes of which we have not seen individually in our lives. I pray for every cell group, there'll be a power encounter. I pray for every service, there will be a power encounter. There will be a power encounter. There will be a power encounter in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Pray in tongues just a little bit more. God, a big hand tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's the end of this week's podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at connect at chc.org.sg 